So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, rock stars. Listen, I had a little issue last week. iTunes, Apple iTunes removed this podcast for three days. It was an absolute disaster. I had sleepless nights. I mean, it was crazy because I had put some extra words after real estate rock stars. I put the word selling, sales, you know, trying to think that they would help with search engine optimization. I was actually given advice to do that. And they took it down without notice because they said I, they, don't, they frown on that or they don't allow that. So now it's just real estate rock stars with Pat Hyben, which was fine and it's fixed. But what happened was the only people that were able to listen to Wednesdays and Fridays episodes either did it on Stitcher Radio right on their non-iphone on their smartphone right on their android whatever or on a computer or were subscribed so if you were a subscriber on itunes you were able to get that friday and wednesday's episode but if you weren't a subscriber you couldn't hear it now i don't plan on that happening again but my point is that the subscribers benefited and so if you have not hit the subscribe button Please, please subscribe to this podcast just in case any shenanigans happen like that again. You know, you're guaranteed to get every single episode. Thanks, guys. Okay, got some recent uh, graduates from Arebus University, CPRC. Yes. My lender friends are telling me that houses are over appraising. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means prices are dropping. So get the CPRC course, Certified Price Reduction Course with Mike Sloan, the king of all price reduction people, agents. 50% off if you just use PH50. Go to rebusuniversity.com. Also, the Five Alive course with Chantel Ray, Mr. Chad Parks graduated from the five alive great course for new agents incredible boot camp type course and the 101 free leads course with chad goldwasser mr greg merrill graduated from that congratulations greg chad congrats guys all right rockstar nation we have a favorite returning guest honorary corridor is on and she has written gosh 25 some books but she's very very familiar with the real estate agent space and real estate agents and she's been helping them for years through what she writes and what she does and and she just wrote a new book and i'm gonna let her say the title <laughs> but uh, we're going to get into this and how it applies to selling more houses for you. So without further ado, welcome back, Honoré. Delighted to be with you again. Thank you for the invitation. 
My pleasure. Why don't you give everybody a little rundown uh, in case they haven't heard your past episodes? Sure. I think this is number four. So I'm yes, a, I don't even know if there's a word for that, right? There's three P and then what happens after four? Maybe I'm just a co-host. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so my new book, and this is not safe for work in case someone needs to mute or turn down the volume if you have kiddos in the car. The title is designed to get your attention and it is Stop Trying So Fucking Hard. Live authentically, design a life you love, and be happy finally. Wow. Okay. So uh, let's talk about it. Let's see. You know, you've written a lot of books. So, so you, you certainly could have written about anything that you wanted to, yet you chose this topic to write about. And at this point in your career, right, you could have wrote about gardening or walking or <laughs> anything and people would have bought it because of you so what so why did you choose why did you do this what 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 was the impetus here the impetus was me watching people live inauthentically and unhappily and this is the thing that I wanted to write about after being a business coach for 20 years and working with lots of different types of professionals, including real estate agents. I found that a lot of people were twisting themselves into a pretzel, making decisions based on what they thought that their peers or clients or customers or family members or church members expected of them and not the authentic things that would bring them joy and make them happy. Okay, so... How do you know if someone else is inauthentic? How do I know? I can feel it. I can feel feel if someone, oh, yeah, I can feel it. I can see it on their face. I can see it in their body language. I can tell by how they carry themselves, how they talk, how they talk to me, how they talk to others. Can't you tell when someone is? Yeah, but I was asking the question. But and so the question is really like, like how, like you could tell they're inauthentic. But you're saying yeah. that it's not like something they choose to do. It's, it's, it's a position they put themselves in. So it's the same thing. They're choosing to do it. They're putting themselves in the position. But it is because of the way we've been socialized. From the, from the time we meet other people our age, generally early. So in preschool or kindergarten or even daycare when we're very young, there is a way we're supposed to behave. It's peer pressure. And ultimately, there's peer pressure, there's parental uh, pressure, there is religious pressure, there is school pressure. And I found just in my, you know, almost 50 years on this planet that a lot of people have made decisions based on what they thought they should be doing rather than what they really wanted to do. And by the time they had a wake-up call, cancer, or the death of a loved one, or a near-death experience, or something of that, or they lose their job out of the blue, or their spouse up and leaves them after 25 years of marriage. When they have finally that wake-up call, they, they finally have the realization that, wait a minute, I'm, here, I'm only here one time. Why am I so miserable? I've done everything I was supposed to do, and is this all there is? You've got to be kidding me. Do you think that when people get richer, or when people get older, they become more authentic or is it something that sticks with you unless you consciously uh, start thinking about it differently? I think that when people get really old, (laughs) so 80s, 
I have some 80 year old friends at the gym and they're like, I don't effing care anymore on array. Like I just tell it like it is. I'm just doing whatever I want to do. Cause I'm almost done. And I think if people would get there sooner, they would be much happier. You bring up a good, uh, an interesting point, which is about money. And I believe that money and alcohol make you more of who you are. So if you're a jerk, money is going to make you more of a jerk. And you know this from your, from some of your work within, I think you're in GoBundance, right? So if, when you yeah. have money and you're a great person, then money allows you to be a great person in an abundant way, in a generous way. When you're broke, you can't give to yourself, let alone someone else. If you're a jerk and you get money, then you're just going to be a bigger jerk. It just amplifies it, right? So all money does... Correct. Money. So money, no, really. It just kind of money amplifies who you already are. Uh, age, Correct. yes, but not until you're so old. <laughs> you just don't care about <laughs> until it. Until you're so old, it frankly. You've reached a point where, right. And, and I agree with that. I think people do become more uh, authentic and more liberated, more uh, lose inhibitions, certainly yeah. with alcohol, but it's certainly with age too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yes. because they can get away with it because, you know, oh, it's just, that's grandpa. right. It's just grandpa. He's just cranky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, just uh, tired. He's, he's out so, of, he's out of work. Uh, so how do you know, right? How do you know? Yeah. Like it's a statement that the title of the book is stop trying so fucking hard. Right. So yeah. how, how do you yeah. know that you're trying too hard? Well, you are doing any number of things that are to cope or numb yourself from your daily life. You could have an addiction to drugs, alcohol, food, Netflix. You're trying to tune out or numb yourself from your life. It's all, oh, thank God it's Friday because now I don't have to do the day job for a couple of days. Or, And this is, a, this is an ongoing problem in our country. We just did a book uh, with Joe Polish about addiction and recovery, about people that are waking up and saying, you know, how early is too early for me to have that drink? How early is too early for me to get high or smoke something? If you're, if you're numbing yourself, if you're anesthetizing yourself with some sort of action, then probably you're trying too fucking hard. If you're taking a vacation so that you can get away from your life, you might need a different life. You might be trying too hard. That's an Those are just for starters. Because I know yeah. a lot of people that do that, they yeah. like, they'll work their butt off and then, and then they take a vacation. They just go full out, like balls out, like just wild, right? Like you need a vacation from getting back from the vacation. And, and that's, <laughs> you know, and I, and I get it, but, yeah. um, but it's interesting to watch. It's a definitely interesting to watch. It is. And it, and it also, if you are willing to, it lets you and not you, but the, but the royal you, all of us. So to really look, am I waking up today not knowing or caring what day it is because I'm really freaking happy about what I'm doing today? Or am I only glad when it's X day or X time of year and I get a break from the insanity? Mm. What, so, so in the book, you mentioned two aha moments that you had regarding this. So tell me about those. Yeah, so the first one was, um, and I had this Patty Perfect thing going on where my the, the person that I presented to the world was perfectly fine all the time, and I don't actually remember what the inciting incident was, but I was just having a rough day, and I sat down to have coffee with someone, and the, and the person asked me how I was, and I said, you know what, I'm actually just not doing okay, just having a really rough day. 
And her response to me was, oh, thank God you're a real person. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, up until now, I couldn't relate to you because I thought everything about your life was perfect and that you would be finding fault in me. You would be judging me because my life was so perfect and why didn't I have all of my act together? And I think everyone, you know, there are certain things. I went to see uh, Tim Grawl speak recently. He wrote a book called Running Down a Dream. And he was saying that at one point in his life that he was living a life that you just wouldn't put on Facebook, right? I'm seven days away from losing my house. My wife had to pick up my kid out of the grocery cart and walk out of the grocery store. That is not a Facebook status that we share. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're saying... I'm in Belize on vacation. I'm on the Eiffel Tower. We're not manic sharing. Yeah, yeah we're not sharing. The manic, yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want to bring people down, and there's a reason for that, you know. And, and yes, and and people, I think they work that angle too. Sometimes I don't know when people put prayers needed, they don't yeah, say what, what it mean? is, and then it's like praying, right. praying, 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 and I'm like, well, well, his guinea pig is sick, right, or or whatever. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> level, I think mosquito the, bite. Yeah, you should yeah. say <laughs> you should be specific, you know, because prayers are yes. specific, and 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 if I can help you in a way, if you're specific, I might I'm going to be able to figure it out how I can help you. But anyway, so so let's get back to the aha moment. So you're sitting there yeah. in a coffee shop, and the lady says, and that that in itself was the aha moment, just her saying, "Thank God, right? You're a real yeah, person." Like yeah, you're a real person. You have you have rough days too. We all have rough days now and again, some more than others. We all have rough patches in our lives. And that's just a fact. Not that everyone in the world needs to know about it, but what people are putting as their front-facing brand, right? This is my brand. Everything is hunky-dory is not necessarily all of the, the rough stuff. We, everyone has to realize that everyone has rough stuff. And that, that was my first aha moment was that being authentic with someone in a moment, not going, oh, no, everything is great. Everything is fine. How are you? Was not going to be as effective nor create any type of a connection with the person that I was sitting in front of. That was an aha moment for me. The second one was when I went on my first date with my husband and at the end of the date, he went to kiss me and I was like, oh, I don't know. Because I'd had this conversation with myself before the date, which was even if you really like him, you know, distance, keep your distance because you've screwed it up before. You don't want to screw it up again. And so two or three months goes by and he's like, yeah, so what was up with that? <laughs> like that was nonsense and I said well I you know I have, may or may not have kissed someone on a first date before and I was single <laughs> so there right. newsflash it hadn't worked out and he just looked at me and he said you know what Honore you can't do the right thing with the wrong person and you can't do the wrong thing with the right person the Wait, right slow, person slow is that down. Like you. slow, slow that yeah. down you can't do the right wrong thing, thing. you can't do the wrong thing with the right person yeah okay and you can't do the wrong, the right thing. Well, you say it. The wrong person. You were, do, you, were, you were there. You were almost there. Yes. So you can't do the right thing with the wrong person. Meaning if someone is not going to like you, they're not going to like you. There's pretty much nothing you can do about it. If someone is predisposed to like you, they're going to like you. And there's pretty much nothing you can do to screw up. Yeah. They're going to give you a pass. How many times has someone said, well, that person was kind of rude to me. And you're like, oh, but they were having a bad day. Their dog died. They stubbed their toe. They got a mosquito bite. They are a super nice person. Someone else says, well, I ran into this guy and he seemed super nice. And you're like, that guy's a jerk. Mm -hmm. Here, let me tell you this story. 
<laughs> there's, there's no way to fix it. And so once you realize that, if you just are your authentic self, the right people are going to be attracted to you because when you're faking it, you might attract people. They're just not going to be the right and best perfect people for you. Right. Yeah, right. They're going to be attracted to yeah. superficialness. You know, uh, right. they're, going to be, they're going to be attracted to who you're pretending to be Yeah. because you're trying to impress them. But if you just say, look, this is who I am, right? I, I cuss and I love Jesus. <laughs> Like, like right, it is I, what it right, is. I am who I am, I, right? I, mean, I am what I am. And if you, if, if I don't, if I don't resonate with you, it's okay. I won't take it personally. There are how many billions of people on the planet. I'm sure there's someone you'll resonate with. I'm sure there's someone I'll resonate with. And, and so I bless you and release you to go on your merry way. I'm just going to go over here. Yeah. I, I, I had a relative that, um, you know, was posting a lot of cleavage shots uh, in, on social media and, oh. And that's not her, right? Like she's not at all, whatever you want to call it, promiscuous or or or, or a cleavage shower. She's just not, right? And she, <laughs> I, I, I'd seen, you know, and I've known her, her whole life. So it was really awkward because she was clearly having an identity crisis in that she was having, you know, it, it just wasn't her. You know what I mean? She was portraying, yes. and my point to her was, you know, you're attracting guys that are, yes. you know, looking for girls with cleavage shots 24 or going to have cleavage 24 seven. And, you know, is that who you want to attract? And if it is, then okay. But I don't think that's who you want to attract. You want to attract somebody who's more really like you is more conservative, right? Whether or not she took that advice is irrelevant because uh, the, uh, <laughs> the point was made. And I made my yes. point on the podcast that, you know, it's, it's interesting how people, put it out there you get what you put out there and, and you got to be careful because yeah. you're going to get you might get what you don't really really want or what doesn't feel good doesn't fit your soul right yes correct and ultimately we do only get one time here as far as we know for sure and we might as well be happy and if showing cleavage makes you happy then rock yeah. on yeah and you may get the person that likes that and and you that's perfectly person wonderful that you may want the person. Yeah, you may want the person. I know her. Yeah, you might have worked hard for that cleavage or paid a lot of money for it. I mean, right. or yeah. God gave it to you and you want everyone to know this is the thing. And there's nothing wrong. There's no. There's legitimately no judgment. I, I want everyone to make the decision that makes them happy, which is why I wrote the book. And I put the F word in the title because sometimes you have to punch people in the face, proverbially, to get their attention. Mm. Like, come on, you're, you're, you're in a trance, you're in a coma, and you're going to wake up when you're 79 or 80 if you get that far, because nobody's guaranteed that, that long, and wonder, why did I not say no when I meant no and say yes when I really wanted to? Brokers and team leaders, are you tired of seeing dwindling numbers at your monthly sales meetings? And I don't mean numbers as far as sales, I mean numbers as far as agents attending do you struggle with creating new and exciting content that will not only motivate your agents but deliver actual results to them do you want your agents using proven sales techniques that increase their commissions we've got the answer for you rebus university is launching a lunch and learn series you can purchase to provide structure and content to your meetings the series has 12 30-minute trainings, 
taught by me and top producers from around the world and specifically is designed to increase production for your agents. Plus, when you purchase these trainings, you will also receive significant discounts for the go-getters on your team or in your office who want more training and bigger results. So don't delay. Go to hybendigital.com backslash teams. That's hybendigital.com backslash teams or call Katherine Brower today at 843-749-9900. That's 843-749-9900 and get started with your Rebus University Lunch and Learn. So how, so how do you get it? Like, so you're in a trance. Let's just say everyone listening to this is in a trance in some way, shape, yeah. or form. We, we all, very few people do not sell their soul at least a little bit, right? I think that the ones yes. that I admire the most are the artists, you know, the, the um, especially like rock stars and rappers and, and people that have reached a level where they have so much money and so much fandom that doesn't care what they wear or what they do or what they say. It's, it's still yeah. interesting to people. Right. And, and I think they're massively liberated now. now yes. So they might be only 3% out of a hundred percent selling their soul, but most of us sell our soul on some <laughs> level. I'm selling my sure. soul because the shirt I'm wearing right now has a collar on it. And, I had a t-shirt on earlier, right? But I didn't wear it here. So oh. that's so right there's soul selling. So in a sense, all we right. all do it one way or the other. When if you wake up to an alarm clock, you're selling your soul in a sense because you didn't wake up naturally. But but my point is, how do you go from a life of a lot of this inauthentic yeah. living to a yeah. life of more authentic living? Well, um, it's funny that you should mention having a t-shirt because my first tip in the book is to put on your zero fucks t-shirt, <laughs> meaning you just don't, it's you funny. just stop caring. Put on your t-shirt, Pat, go back and put oh, on the t-shirt. If that's, if that's a, what you like, really want to wear, no one's going to listen or not listen to your podcast or to you if you're wearing a t-shirt, in my opinion. Now there is something in professional dressing and you have to um, show up in a way that causes people to pay attention, but that's a that's a monkey suit, right? That's a that's a costume that we put on so that we're not discounted by people. I know for myself when I don't want people to see me at all when I go out in public, I wear workout clothes. No one pays me any attention when I'm in my workout clothes, but if I'm in my professional speaker slash best-selling author clothes then people notice and it could be my energy associated with it. But nevertheless, back to the t-shirt, put on the t-shirt under, I always say I always have it on because I'm going to be authentic whether the other person on the other side of the conversation is comfortable or not. And part of that is just me wanting you to know that I'm, what you see is what you get. I am never going to say, Pat, I absolutely love you and I think you're wonderful and amazing. And then I'm going to turn around and hang up and go, that guy again. <laughs> right? A lot of people do, and you just never really know what they actually think or what they're actually saying. I prefer for people to, to be authentic with me, no matter what the message is, just so I don't have to guess. So that's the first of the two things. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what's the second one? The second one is to make choices 
that make you happy so that you are ridiculously attractive to yourself. <laughs> you're ridiculously attracted to yourself. Okay, so... You're no, not, not attracted to, attractive to. I am attractive to myself when I, and you, this is funny, right? My alarm goes off at 4.05, but I do that on purpose. I like early morning when the other five creatures in my house are not awake. I can get up and practice my miracle morning. I can read, I can drink coffee, I can go to the gym, I can do some writing. That's my time for me. That makes me ridiculously happy. Hashtag nerd alert. <laughs> right? But at the same time, that makes me really happy. And therefore, then I'm a happy person. When I go out into the world, when people are encountering happy me instead of cranky me, the me which is better. The me time is important. Right? Yes. So do yeah. things for yourself. Yes. And if you can't just say, I hate being a professional dog walker. I never should have gotten my dog walking degree. This is terrible. I hate it. I really want to sell more houses or I only want to sell condos or screw it. I only want to sell $2 million homes because it's the same amount of paperwork for a, a condo or a million dollar home. Then start to do that, even if it's just a little bit. And the more attractive you become to yourself, authentically, you will then become attractive to other people. You're going to just create easily what you've been trying to force in an uneasy way mm. yeah fascinating fascinating no no i agree and it's and it's hard it's especially hard for younger people i think who are yeah. starting out and let's take real estate as an example you know when your first decade of real estate or first couple of years at least you you know you need to be doing things that are considered inauthentic to some level uh, in order to get the sale, you know, like um, there's some debate on this. You know, I had a, a recent interview and she was extremely, extremely uh, liberal politically. And she said, you know, if a, and we got into a debate, uh, we didn't get into a political debate, but we got into a discussion about, you know, do you think you get more business because of your extreme political views that you basically wear on your, you know, wear everywhere you go, or do you get less business? And, and, and then I got a lot of comments uh, on, on Facebook about it, um, both ways, mm, both sides of the political spectrum. I think that in the long run, you might get more business, but in the short run, you're going to get less business being massively authentic. Like, like literally, like if you, if you have a listing appointment, you're going to two other agents and two of them show up dressed to the nines and you show up and let's say you're a guy and you have long hair and three earrings, you know, and a neck tattoo. <laughs> it's unlike, you know what I mean? Like you're. Yes. Yes. So, so you can't be that authentic <laughs> if you're trying to make money really fast and get into that game. Right, right away. The unless you, unless game, unless you're yeah, selling, the yeah. Unless you're, if, unless that's your brand and it's been your brand from the beginning, and the person or people who referred you are like, don't let the nose ring scare you away because that guy knows his stuff yeah. or that gal knows her stuff because you can be dressed to the nines and have an IQ of seventy four and that's no good. That's not gonna, you're not going to sell it in houses. That's true, yeah. Even if you got dressed, it's the whole package. If you're dressed to the nines but you're ridiculously uncomfortable dressed to the nines people pick up on that and here's the thing they don't know why they don't choose you most people can't put their finger on it they can't put it in words they just say mm, 
I really just need to go with that person over there. I just need to choose that person. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out sphere of influence forms referral request forms and the list goes on and on if you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 Yeah, that's right. Sometimes. And who knows what the re- you know, and it's just because of how they feel. You know, yeah. like you said, you could tell if somebody's authentic or not. So, and truth be told, the more real you are, uh, the, the more bonding occurs. You know, I also had a, a okay. recent uh, episode with a former drug addict, and she said she gets more business because, when she admits that than when she tries to hide it because, you know, immediately people bond with her. You know, immediately they bond with her. She is like, and and, uh, they're like, well, I'm so proud of you. This is great. You're five years clean and sober. And, you know, this is where you were on the street before and da-da-da-da-da. And and they list with her because they connect with her. And the other guy or girl, whatever, is just ordinary. So they, and they didn't connect. They didn't find out anything about them. So, so, yes. so let's talk about overcoming fear of, of being, how do you want to say it, extraordinary, uh, overcoming the fear you, of being authentic. The fe- yeah, yeah, so overcoming, overcoming fear is, comes down to identifying what the fear is. What are you really afraid of? If I wear my T-shirt and I do an interview, is that going to be the thing that people pick up on? Or is it going to allow me to be more relaxed and happy? Right? And then journal those, journal those fears. Write it down. Seeing it in, in, in ink, on paper, in pencil, uh, with paint, however you get it down, it brings it to light. Sometimes just being afraid and not calling the fear out makes it bigger than it really is. I'm afraid that if I do this, no one's ever going to hire me again. Well, that's ridiculous. In my years as a business coach, I worked with several people over a year's time, many years at a time. And and after a while, I I would know what would happen. They would close a deal. They'd go through the closing of the deal. They'd take a few days off and they'd get on the phone and they'd say, I'm just afraid I'm never going to get another deal. And I would say, I'll call you in 24 hours. And always in 24 hours, something had popped up. But naming the fear, like, okay, well, here's what you can do while you're afraid. You don't have time off because you're always working 40 hours a day. So go get a massage, take your wife down to the, down to the Carlisle and have a romantic weekend or evening because you're going to dive right back in. And for six to 10 weeks, you're going to do nothing but work. 
Identify the thing that you're afraid of. In the real estate world, it's I'm never going to get another deal. I'm not going to get another listing. I'm not going to get another sale. Yeah, that's I you. have to make you're this commission. You're only as good as your last to, deal. Yes, I, well, I have to make this commission check last because I don't know how long it's going to be until my next one. In the in business coaching speak, it's you control the controllables, right? We it's a numbers game. You have to play to win. You have to make X number of calls, get X number of no's, to get X number of yeses. You can control what you think, say, and do. You cannot control what others think, say, or do. You can just increase the likelihood of success by doing the things that you know work. And when you are afraid, the worst thing you can do is just sit paralyzed and do nothing. Make one call. I'm just going to make one call. This is the argument I have with myself at the gym every morning. I'm just going to run one mile. Mm, love it. All right, love I ran it. the mile. Yeah. <laughs> ran the mile. All right, well, I might as well run the next one. <laughs> I might as well run the next one. No, I've done Make that one same thing. Yeah, yeah. It just it put one foot in front of the other. And then soon you'll be so far away from your fear and or you'll have this evidence that, oh, I was afraid then I took action and then this result happened. And when you memorialize that through journaling, and if that, you don't like that word, like I'm not a journaler, that sounds very woo-woo, like get a notebook and write it down in your notebook like you're in 10th grade English class. Nobody judges you for a notebook. They, you're right. <laughs> so write it down. And the next time you close a deal and you get a commission check and your first thought is, ooh, this money better last me for two weeks, four months, whatever it is, depending on the size of the check and the size of your nut. Go back and look at the last time you wrote in your notebook. I had a deal. I closed the deal. I got a check. I was afraid I would never get another deal. And you see this pattern. And after a while, you just recognize that it's a pattern. It doesn't have any power over you. There's no fear left. Yeah, that, that's so true. I, you know, I know in my career personally, you know, there's been times where I've gotten several deals from whatever be a certain source, you know, FISBO's expired, you know, cold calling, whatever, right. a source that maybe is an, an uncomfortable source. And I forgot all about them, you know, when the fear came up. And it was only after I consciously reminded myself that, like you said, like, you know, I've, I've sold, you know, houses this way, do it, it works, that I was able to get to the point where I could pick up the phone and, and do it again. And, and reminding me definitely motivates you and get you out of that comfort zone. Well, then write that down. But here's, where's that list of things that I need to remember when I'm afraid? When you're having a moment of sanity, write down a list and put it on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror inside your medicine cabinet. Like, oh yeah, the last time I ran out of deals, I, I could call Fizbo's, <laughs> right? Okay, let me go do that. And then one foot in front of the other and eventually yeah, get out great. of it. So talk to me about 100% responsibility because that's something you, that's big in your book that people tend to like. So tell me about that. Yeah, this, is, this seems to be, the book has been out a couple of weeks, not, not quite a couple of weeks yet. And this is the number one thing I'm hearing about is this concept of taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life. Everything that's happened to you, everything that you've done, everything that someone else has done to you. Just say, I chose it. My answer to my ex-husband, so obviously he's an ex-husband for a reason, and people would say, oh, that's so unfortunate. And my answer was, I chose him. I take 100% responsibility. So there it is. And when you do that, and it's not about, 
I take 100% responsibility and I'm a horrible person. It's I take 100% responsibility. I've learned my lesson. I've made note of things that I would do differently, distinctions, ideas, thoughts. Now I'm going to move forward. It takes blame out of the picture. I'm no longer mad at anybody because I'm responsible. I'm not going to be mad at myself. You shouldn't be mad at yourself. Don't be mad at yourself. (laughs) Don't beat yourself over the head. (laughs) What good does that do? Right? Okay, so I wouldn't have chosen that situation again, that job, that client, that particular part of town, that building. Okay, what did I learn from the situation? Okay, and moving on. It takes blame out of the picture, and it takes being a victim out of the picture. Because if you chose it, then you're not a victim. If you chose it, yeah. And, and nobody, it's kind of like, it's kind of yeah. like what and, and I know you and Hal Elrod uh, do a lot of stuff together, and I heard him speak recently, and it was – you know, his big thing now he speaks on is you can't change it, right? And, and right. it's like, it's the same thing. You can't change it, right? What, what good is it to think about it? I mean, or- you can change your perception or you can change your procedure, but you cannot change the past. Correct. You can change how you perceive the situation or the person, or you can change your procedure, how you're behaving, how you're proceeding in the situation, but you cannot go back and change. If there is a way, I haven't figured out what it is. (laughs) If I do, that will be visit number five for me. If I can figure out how to change the past, I'm going to go go back about, (laughs) I'm going to go back a few decades and figure some things out. Otherwise it's just, hmm, all right, well, here I am. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to turn lemons into lemonade? And I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing about it. And that is, Almost everyone that I've talked to can look back at the data points of their life and see where the black day, the worst day of their life was actually the best day of their life in the making. If you hadn't had the breakdown, then you couldn't have had the breakthrough. If I didn't have the divorce, I wouldn't have the new husband that we just celebrated 10 years. Mm. I, have t- I have 10 books about single parenting and divorce and you know i've bought a few things with the money from the sales of those books <laughs> so <laughs> no I, I have you can you can take any situation that you've been through the loss of anything or the or something breaking something that you wish had worked out i didn't get this job or i was in this job and it it i got fired and it didn't work out and now i'm doing this in this case most likely real estate. I'm selling real estate. I would have never sold real estate. I would have never met that client who now we're doing business together. Just look in your rearview mirror if you wonder if the darkest day is actually planting the seeds of something amazing that's going to happen in the future. And your job is just to put on your sunglasses, pack some snacks and wear comfortable shoes because you don't know where you're going to end up. If you're expecting, okay, well, this was kind of a crappy day. I don't know what's gonna, what good is going to come from this, but I'm looking for it. It's like the kid put in a room full of manure, and the psychologist goes back. Have you ever heard this story? There are the no. two kids. One's the optimist and one's the pessimist. So they put the pessimist in a room full of toys, all the toys this little kid could ever want. And then they take the other kid, the optimist, and they put him in a room full of horse manure. And they go back and they talk to the pessimist and they say, well, you know, what's, you know, how, how are the toys? Do you like the toys? And he's like, well, the fire engine is yellow and it should be red. And this, 
this game is terrible and I, you know, I'm too old for this and blah, 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 complain, complain, complain. It should be in Nirvana. This should be utopia for the kid, right? They go in the room and there's manure flying everywhere. They're like, kid, what are you doing? He says, well, with all this manure, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere and I love horses. <laughs> so <laughs> it's up to you to, to decide what it's going to mean to you in that moment and then to be looking for what's the what good is coming from this situation why why were you put here if you believe in a higher power then why did the universe put you here why did god put you here why did you take this turn of the road instead of that one and then be oh, positively expectant i love it i love it i love it i love that i love that story i love everything about that 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 chapter there and i can't wait for people to start reading this and uh watching the comments fly. So what I'm going to do, guys, I'm going to put a link to the book so that you guys could buy it on hybendigital.com backslash honore. And honore is with two E's, H-O-N-O-R-E-E, -E, and the number four, since this is our fourth visit, honore four. And honore, I am also going to put your free gift in your yeah. show notes at yeah. uh, hybendigital.com backslash honore4. What, what is your free gift today? My free gift is um, Hal's favorite book, Vision to Reality. Mm, tell so me about that. Oh, yeah. So this is my book that I wrote originally as a companion guide to the business coaching I used to do for business folks, executives. And they all wanted to know, coach, why are you telling me to do this at this time? And why am I doing this and that? And I was like, do you want to spend the money that you've paid me for me to tell you that your time and money, right? Do you want to explain the methodology or do you just want to, to turn your vision into your reality? So I decided to write a book that would be a companion guide for them. And I think you and I share in common that we use masterminds. And when my mastermind got a hold of it, they said, this is actually a book for the world. And I think it's four or five years old. So this is the book. And that's uh, awesome. it comes. Well, thank you, everybody. You get that the free. That's awesome. You, yeah. get, you get that free by going to hybendigital.com backslash honore4. And that's two E's and honores. Or you can get uh, that along with other ebooks and with other free gifts that, either, that over 100 podcast guests have brought to help you in your business. All at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444. 999. Honore, this has been a blast. You're welcome back anytime. Best of luck to you. And I hope that uh, next time I'm in Austin, Texas, I'll take some time out and uh, we can get together and break some bread. You know what? I'm in Nashville now. So You're in Nashville. Nashville. Oh, boy. Hey, yeah. I, have a, I have a niece hopefully moving to Nashville to go to pilot school. So maybe I'll go visit okay. her. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Beautiful. Come on down. Thanks Sounds for having good. me, Pat. Always great. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. 
I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.